Hi, and thank you for listening to Dream 10X Radio, where we interview people attempting to live extraordinary lives. Our twofold purpose is to both direct and inspire people bold enough to do the same. Dream 10X. Face your fears. Hey, Dream 10 out there. It's your boy, JC. And Dr. Cable. And welcome to episode 56 of the Dream 10 podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the book, The Plantagonets, which was written by Dan Jones. And I don't know if you've seen the show on Netflix, Great British Castles. That's a really good show. But he's the host of that show. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really, yeah, it's a really yeah. fun show to watch, learning about castles. But... Um, before we get into this book, I want to do a little commercial about our latest software product release that we just put out this week. It's called Viking Rose, and it's software for the frustrated Viking that helps you have fun while you do indoor workouts. And here, here it is running on an Android tablet as a progressive web app. And so uh, we just got finished doing a rebranding from Nautilus Tracker to Viking Rose. And Nautilus Tracker software is now going to be our parent company. And Nautilus Tracker is going to be a purveyor of kick-ass software and content. Whereas our software, well, our first software product that we're releasing is Viking Rose. Uh, we also produce this podcast, Dream 10X, that you can find on dream10x.com. So please check us out. We would love to have you using Viking Rose. It's out there live now, vikingrose.com. Okay. That was an awkward transition. <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, the Plantagonist by Dan Jones. Uh, great book. Very easy to read. Lots of fun. Uh, good, good stories. Very exciting stories mm. about the history of England. And it really all starts with the Battle of Hastings in 1066. You've mm. heard of that in history class, have, right? Yeah. That was when William the First or William the Conqueror went. Uh, across the uh, the English Channel from the northern France, which is the Normandy region, into England, and basically conquered England. And um, he was a Norman. Uh, William the Conqueror was a Norman. And the Normans were basically Vikings. Mm. So speaking of Viking Rose, we're talking about the start of the English, the, the British Empire, the English Empire, British Empire. Before, before it was British, it was English. And uh, it was really... Uh, the whole thing got the, the whole thing with all the kings of England and all that really got started with the Vikings because William I uh, was basically a Viking. He was a Norman, mm-hmm. so that I think is really intriguing. But he's the Plantagenets were actually the the House Plantagenet were actually the the, the family line that reigned over England for two hundred and forty five years. A long time. Uh, following William the Conqueror's conquering of England. Yeah. So it all starts off. I'm not, I'm not going to go through the whole history, but I just want to talk, talk about my top five takeaways on how the Plantagenets maintain their power um, as kings and queens mm. of England. And okay. What were those five things that allowed them to remain their house, the house Plantagenet, remain in power for that 245 years? Yeah. That's a long That's reign. A long time. And what they accomplished during that time was really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it was really intriguing how they did it. So uh, William the Conqueror comes in. He's now king of England. Um, people challenged him left and right, and he defeated them all. Um, 
And then he, one of his sons uh, came to power. First, Henry the First, sorry, became came king. And his son, um, that he was grooming to be the new, the, the, the succeeding king from from after uh, from him after Henry the First was uh, they called him William the Eighthling. Hmm. But he died in a shipwreck uh, oh. in in transit from Normandy to England. Oh wow! And so that kind of left the succession of kingship up in the air and didn't know what to do. Um, as fate would have it. Henry I had a daughter who married uh, some emperor guy in Germany. He, he was a German emperor, I, I, emperor of something, I don't, yeah. I don't remember. And he died. And so Henry oh I said, hey, Matilda, her name was Matilda, you got to come back to England because I need to plan my succession uh, and I need you to help me to do that. Yeah. So he had lost a son, but now he had his daughter and he wanted, he wanted his daughter to help him because she had a lot of connections being the, the queen at mm -hmm. one point of an emperor. Um, so he brought her back to England, and um, there was this uh, there was this guy in uh, Anjou, uh, which is a region of France. And the, if you come from the Anjou region of France, Anjou was a large swath, a big territory in, in the what we call today France. Mm -hmm. And um, there there was a guy there. His name was Geoffrey Plantagenet. Ah. And, oh, first of all, do you know what a plantagenet is? I have no idea. A plantagenet is the name of a yellow flowering, kind of a bush-like plant. Huh, okay. Uh, oh, uh, he used to wear that flower in his ear mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Why not? <laughs> He's a flower child. And um, became known as Jeffrey Plantagenet. Cool. And his father was King Folk the Fifth. Ah. And King Folk is a very strong name. I it think. is. It's kind of yeah. Hulk, Folk. I don't know. It's just a, a strong name. But uh, one of the interesting things about Folk V was he got tired of the Anjou region or whatever and wanted to be king in Jerusalem. So he left and became king of Jerusalem. Wow! And the Middle East, um, you know, fighting and ruling in the Middle East was like a big pastime mm. of these kings in, in so Europe. Crazy. It, was, it was very odd. And so I'm still trying to like assimilate. What what does that all mean? Why do they love the Middle East so far, so so much? Um, and I don't know if it was because of true religious beliefs at the mm. time, or if if it helped in their maintaining their power and, and control in some way. And and so that one, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to learn more about that that relationship there with the Middle East. But okay, so anyway, Plantagenet, Jeffrey. Uh, gets hooked up with Matilda. Mm -hmm. They get married, and um, now he, they, they, he, he, and they eventually become the king and queen of, yeah. of England and begin the Plantagenet family line. Wow! So right there, it's like uh, when uh, it's interesting that the Normans are the ones who started yeah. you know, the conquer conquering of England. But then Geoffrey Plantagenet, who's essentially French, he, you know, he comes from the French region, yeah. even though I, I guess technically he's not considered French since he's an, an Angevin, you know, from the Anjou region, but I don't know, I, I, I consider him French. And so I think that whole thing is interesting. It's really the French who came mm -hmm. and, and established the, the central ways of allowing the Plantagenets to maintain power. Uh, in in England, the first one was castles and cathedrals. Castles. So castles was a, a technology, mm -hmm. and it didn't really exist at the time until William the Conqueror went in and uh, conquered 
the southern coast of England and then started spreading out. And uh, they had the Mott and Bailey type of architecture at the time, which is basically just the sticks, you know, wooden poles in a, in a row, and then a kind of a moat and a hill with a keep on top of that, all mm-hmm. made out of wood. But then that that quickly evolved into, into making all of that structure out of stone. Mm. And those became extremely valuable offensive and defensive uh, technologies for mm-hmm. the military strategy uh, and, and for, you know, moving out into the land and, and conquering more territory that way. Uh, cathedrals also. So in building these large castles, a big part of that stone building technology w- went into the f- people's faith. And uh, these beautiful, uh, the result was beautiful cathedrals getting built alongside the churches. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I, I found it uh, interesting to look to learn about the relationship between the church and the king mm-hmm. and kind of wielding power together um you know hearts and minds of the people kind of thing because uh, the people are important in establishing your power as a king in, uh, over your dominion and yeah. so the church played a very important role in that regard um there kind of exemplify that was the story of Thomas Beckett who was placed um, uh, I forget if if he was placed as a bishop or something in the Catholic Church and uh, he was placed there by Henry II Mm. because he wanted to have his man in the church so he could have greater control and influence over that piece of his power because the church wields a, a tremendous amount of power as well as the king at that time and so Thomas Beckett was his man but then Thomas Beckett you know kind of fell in line with the church and didn't want to be didn't want the king pushing the church around yeah. like the king wanted to and that led to really bad blood between the two and ended up Thomas Beckett getting martyred and and, and all that very interesting story because that kind of highlighted the dichotomy between the king and the church at the time there's a really the castle in the cathedral there's a really good um movie documentary on Netflix that is all about Thomas Beckett. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We should watch it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> was it look boring? No, no, it's really good. Kieran. Oh, you've already it. seen it. Yeah, yeah, oh. but I'll totally watch it again. It was really good. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear about it. I didn't know about him until mm-hmm. now. So. Yes. Um, yeah, so Thomas So I also wanted to mention that cathedrals. I lo- I've always loved cathedrals even as a kid. Grew up in Europe and cathedrals were a thing. And then I kind of got used to them as a kid. And you come back to the States and there's nothing but like McDonald's and Burger King <laughs> buildings everywhere. But in Europe, there's these huge cathedrals. Like I, I still to this day am just fascinated by that. Like coming to America is culture shock after living in Europe. I think. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really sad in a lot of ways. Yeah. But hey, capitalism, right? But um, yeah, McDonald's the is a real estate company, right? The, the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all are. Yeah. Um, but the the money and the time mm-hmm. and you know the energy that went into building these cathedrals is, is phenomenal. And one of my favorite cathedrals in Europe is in uh, Freiburg, Freiburger Münster. Mm-hmm. And um, I put a link in, in here to that. Uh, it, you know, it's not a, an English cathedral. It's in, it's in Germany, a little town in Freiburg, but it. It just fascinated me when I when I went there to visit. It took over 700 years to build this thing. 700 years. It was built in 1120. Whoa. 1120. Whoa. The, you know, right at the beginning of the Middle Ages, and <clears throat> it's still there today. Still the same. 
This is one of the reasons I love like castles and cathedrals mm-hmm. is because they stand the test of time. You build mm-hmm. those and they're, they're just forever and they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They're just amazing. But anyway, love those. Love castles and cathedrals. Number two, sea power. So the Normans were Vikings. They had the sea in their blood. That's how they conquered everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And so that, once they came into England, of course, um, that that pervaded their culture. Mm -hmm. Their love of the sea, their ability to go to sea, and and may not be comfortable, but know what to do when they're at sea. In their DNA. Mm Plus, when you think about the UK and, and Scotland and Ireland and Wales and France, lots and lots of coastline that needs to be defended. So you have, you know, it's obvious you got to have a strong navy, and they did. They, the the kings, the Plantagenets, spent a lot of money on their navy, and mm-hmm. they had a very strong naval force. And one one battle in which this was really exemplified is when they one of the, the navy battles they had with. France um, in the Battle of Sluice, where they just wiped out the French. Um, the French wiped out the French. <laughs> so funny. They are basically French. Um, and so anyway, that just helps exemplify that having a, a strong naval power was essential to their ability to uh, hold on to power and expand their influence in the region. Mm-hmm. Number three, marriage is for peasants. <laughs> The Plantagenets did not marry for love. Huh, interesting. I don't think one of them married for love. Dang. It was all about, hmm, who's this, what kind of girl does this king have over there? Mm. What kind of guy does this, you know, this family have over here? And what can they offer me? Mm. It was all about the alliance mm-hmm. um, through, through marriage and what was to be gained in that relationship. I guess we're peasants, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be a peasant. <laughs> Um, so there's lots of examples of that throughout the book. The, the, kind of the sad thing is some of the marriages, some of the, the wives and even the, even the sons when they got married were in their teens. One, one girl was 12 years old oh. and she was now the queen to an, uh, like a guy who was in his 20s. I forget the, oh, I, forget, I think it was Edward gross. or somebody like that. But, you know, you can't consummate the relationship, but you got a lot of land and power in the deal. So that's what matters, right? Yeah. So... Love might be overrated. I don't know. Nah. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Royalty is about leadership. Mm. This is my fourth one. Uh, I got the order here wrong. One, two, three, four. four. Royalty is about leadership. And um, I was thinking about this. Well... So many people wish they were a royalty, royal line, you know, mm-hmm. so they could say they were a, a, related to a king or a queen. But I got to thinking about that, that there's a, so much more to that that we don't really understand. Yeah. To be a king and a queen, or a queen uh, required a lot of leadership ability, mm-hmm. abil- uh, the intelligence to wage war, the intelligence to know what people were telling you and, and mm-hmm. the wisdom to know discern you know or am i being manipulated or not yeah. or what's this gonna ha- what's gonna happen to me if i follow their and their at 15 and how did they even at 15 well they were they were being groomed all okay. constantly being, if you had an heir you were being groomed yeah for, if you had a male heir especially you were being groomed that was your raison d'etre that was okay. why you were brought into the world was to someday become king and so from that very point you were being trained and raised mm. in that 
so it was part of your DNA. It, yeah. Uh, so that was just a, maybe a minor nuance there, but you were really, you were, it's just like breeding a dog or an animal for to be, to have certain traits. Mm -hmm. Royalty was, was bred to have certain traits. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not just being related. It's, you're being bred to be a certain kind of human, yeah. to be able to lead your, your troops in battle where you know you could die, but it's part of who you, yeah. it's part of what's expected of you is to lead your people into battle and to win. Yeah. Uh, you know, that just kind of blows That's my amazing. mind just thinking about that. There's a yeah. lot involved to being royalty. And I, I don't know if I'd really want that responsibility. Um, okay. And fifth and finally, I'll say that the people of the realm mattered mm. to the king and to maintaining, and the queen, and in maintaining power. And you had, you need to treat those people decently. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your grip on power is going to erode and you're going to lose it. That's just like in business. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. A, it's like a law of nature. Yeah. yeah. It's a law of the universe. <laughs> you can't ignore the people that you're governing. And you have to take care of them. And I think it was King John who was one of the ones, uh, you know, the Plantagenets started getting more and more power mm -hmm. as time went on. And more, as they became more and more successful, the, they got drunk with their power and thought they could just do anything and that the church didn't matter and that mm. people didn't matter and they, their law was the law of the land. Mm -hmm. um, and so it took a lot of struggle for the people and the church and other powers in the kingdom to kind of say, hey, there's got to be, there has to be the, uh, a contract between royalty and their subjects in the realm. Uh, for to govern behavior because you can't just run roughshod over you can't just tax people to death you can't just they were taxing the Jews like crazy because mm. they had the money yeah uh, they were taxing feudal landlords like crazy and people were just getting oppressed and they were just and they were throwing people in jail without any trial help, help I'm being oppressed <laughs> no this is real oppression <laughs> They were killing people without, you know, mm. the king could just off with your head with, yeah. for, for no reason, without any trial or anything. It yeah. was really bad. So what happened was the creation of the Magna Carta, mm -hmm. which was basically a, um, a, con a constitution. It, it was a contract between the people and the church and the king and said, hey, this is the way you have to treat us. This is the way, this is how our relationship needs to work. Um, this is a law, a law of the land, and the king railed against it and said, "No, you can't tell me." And it, and it took a long time for the Magna Carta to actually get some teeth and to mm. actually work, but it didn't go away. And and now we have democracies as a result. Mm -hmm. We have we, the U.S. has a constitution, and you, you see the same thing: politicians and people in power rail against that thing and want it to go away because they want absolute power. Yeah, that's that's just the nature of power i guess yeah, and humans <laughs> yeah so those are my five power takeaways from from reading this book um dan jones's the plantagenets i absolutely loved it very easy to read a lot of pages but very clearly written and a lot of fun to read about the history of england and the middle ages and highly recommend this book awesome thank you so don't forget to Click subscribe and like on our YouTube videos and listen to our podcast. And please visit vikingrose.com. And thanks for watching Dream 10X and for listening to us. We will see you next time. Bon chance. Bon chance. Au revoir. Au revoir.